If you felt great in your body, how would that change your life? How would it change your body? And how would it change your level of happiness? Women deserve to feel great in the skin they're in and to live a life they truly love. Now is the time to join the host of For the Health of It, Master Health Coach, Julie Medesi. Hello, everyone, and welcome to For the Health of It. I am Julie Medesi, your host today here on the Inspired Choices Network. Um, I am a master health coach. I'm a certified holistic health practitioner. I'm a certified personal trainer, and I really love coaching women over 40 to feel great, look great, and kick midlife in the ass. And this topic today is something that's really near and dear to my heart. Before we dive in, if you are interested in getting more information about health coaching and what it is that I do, please reach out to me. My website is in my host profile. You can email me at juli at evexiahealth.com. That's E-V-E-X-I-A health.com. And if you're interested in jumping into a program, I've got an amazing one coming up. I'll tell you more about later. And that's at buildabodyyoulove.com. So mirror, mirror on the wall, have you got self-worth? This is an important question and we are gonna go deep today. So stay tuned, come and join us in the chat room if you've got some time. I'd love to hear your questions, have a discussion about this. You are all welcome to attend. And so the reason this is important to me, every advertisement you see regarding a diet or fitness product is telling you there's something wrong with you and only this thing is going to fix it. And we buy into the belief that if I lose those however many pounds, then I'll be happy. And we keep doing the programs and trying the products over and over, feeling like we're failing, but it's actually those products and programs that are failing us. And when you decide that you want to do one of those, you are supporting a $78 billion diet industry. And they are creating customers, not solutions. So what they do is keep you stuck and unhappy and continuing to look in the mirror and not like what you see. So, and what you see in the mirror, who you see in the mirror can have a profound effect on everything in your life and your health, much more than I think you might realize. So your sense of self-worth underlies everything you do, and it affects the decisions you make, it affects the relationships you have, it affects your ability to take care of yourself and your body. So I'll ask you, what do you see when you look in the mirror? What do you say when you look in the mirror? If you're like a lot of people I talk with, the first thing you do when you look in the mirror is you look at whatever that body part is or body parts are that you're not happy with. And then that inner monologue starts. And usually it's not something very nice. Instead of looking yourself in the eye and saying, hey, have a great day today. Am I right? You feel that? Because I know that is something that we all battle with and I have dealt with myself. So again, the way you view yourself affects everything you do in your life. Women especially have been taught to tie a lot of their worth or their sense of self-worth into the number they see on the scale. And 
other things as well, of course, your clothing, your hair, but we're always looking at these superficial things and it's completely backwards. What we need to understand is that our lives aren't going to be miraculously or magically different just because we've lost those few pounds or we're wearing a, a different clothing size. Because if you don't like who you see in the mirror today, that's not going to change when something superficial happens. And it's also one of the reasons why people get addicted to plastic surgery. They don't like who they see in the mirror. And when they get the plastic surgery, they still don't like who they see in the mirror. And so it isn't the superficial things that that change us. And there is some research actually that says about 80% of women are unhappy with their body. Think about that, 80%. I have yet to meet the women who are happy with their body, We all have things we want to change, but it doesn't mean we have to turn into that bully that just says all of these terrible negative things to ourselves all the time. And when we do that, we we actually are harming ourselves because every thought we have releases neurochemicals in our brain. And those neurochemicals can be health supporting or they can be health damaging. And so the more we repeat those thoughts over and over, especially the negative ones, the more harm we're actually doing to our body. And you know what that feels like when someone is yelling at you and berating you, how it feels. You just feel smaller and smaller or you get angry. Either way, it's a very negative experience. And I think a lot of us can relate to some of those trauma patterns from back in our childhood. Everyone had a a a bully in the family or in their school or somewhere that they had to learn how to deal with that. And especially in those formative years, when those things get repeated, they we internalize them because we don't have another point of reference to say, wait a minute, that isn't true. And especially if it comes from people who are older than us, like our parents and other relatives. And so it's important to remember where some of those things come from. Um, And if you do have a negative body image after years of repeating those erroneous beliefs about you because you are an amazing human being, but we're going to talk about that later, um, a negative body image actually can create a disordered relationship with your body and with food and therefore disordered eating. And we talked about uh, disordered eating in our first show, but just to recap, disordered eating is when you use food as a tool, maybe you use it to self-soothe. Maybe you exercise um, extensive control when you're around food. And so you, you start to deprive yourself of certain things as kind of a punishment. And you start to look at food as something that is uncomfortable, that that brings up emotions inside of you whenever whenever you feel that that tension. And so it's important to have a look at, again, what you're saying to yourself and the behaviors that follow it, because a lot of times that that difficult relationship um, happens because of that internal dialogue. And that internal dialogue or monologue, really, I hope it's a monologue, um, that internal monologue can start to happen as a follow-on, again, to the things that we learned in our youth. So the the other thing that's important to note about disordered eating is that 
it's kind of a segue into an eating disorder if things get taken to an extreme. And it's one of the reasons why you see women who are stunningly beautiful continuing to criticize themselves. It's, it's the explosion of anorexia and bulimia that, that happened when there was all this pressure on, the, on women to be rail thin like the models they saw on the walkways, on the catwalks. And it's, it's a very sad thing to watch happen to someone because once you have those thoughts in your head, it becomes difficult to turn them around if you don't have someone to help you climb out of that hole. There are a lot of self-help help books written around the topic, but again, they, they take a very superficial look at how to how to correct correct that again implying that there's there's something wrong with you um and i'm not a therapist but i do work uh, a lot with my clients on mindset because even though i don't consider myself to be a weight loss coach 95% of the women who come to work with me are looking for weight loss the great thing is they not only leave with the weight loss they're seeking but they also leave with the foundational pieces of what needs to happen for the weight loss to occur. And one of those things is that sense of self-worth has to change because we only take care of things we love. And if we don't have that sense of self-worth, it's pretty hard for us to want to take care of ourselves. Have you ever experienced that? I mean, I would love to know what kinds of things you hear yourself saying. Obviously, that could be a sensitive topic, but if you don't want to share, feel free to, to send me a message and let's have a conversation about that because it's, it is fundamental to our well-being. And when you talk about self-worth, we're talking about a, a hierarchy kind of, of, of emotions and feelings um, about ourselves. So, for example, self-esteem is the the way we look at the things we do, our actions and our behaviors, when you have balanced self-esteem, you can feel good about the things that you do, the skills you have, the, the actions that you take, the behaviors that you exhibit on a regular basis. When your self-esteem is out of balance in the negative way, it means that you seek external validation. And again, this is where the diet industry preys on us. You know, here I go again about the diet industry, right? But it's where they, it's where these products um, and programs prey on us because they they know they can keep us coming back because we keep looking for that external solution to an internal problem. And so um, what happens is we finish the product or we finish the program and the only thing it has taught us is how to go on a diet because we still haven't learned the problem below the problem. And when we start to uncover what's really going on that's causing us to turn to food or other people's praise or even dive into work so that we can focus on something we know we're good at and then we don't have to think about those other things. Um, it can show an imbalance in your level of self-esteem. And then, of course, when the pendulum swings in the other direction, someone with unusually high self-esteem, is, which fortunately is none of you, but that person is going to tend toward narcissistic behaviors, right? They can do no wrong. Everything they do is right. But when your self-esteem isn't balanced, it's difficult to accept compliments. I mean, do you have to 
you feel like you have to qualify compliments that you get. If someone says, oh, your hair looks really nice today. You say, oh, I don't know. I just did this thing. Or instead of just saying, thank you. As a matter of fact, I just got a compliment on my top. And I was thinking, I only bought this when I was in the U.S. last time. And it's a favorite top of mine. So it's it's all of those little things we say to ourselves, looking for external validation that can really make an impact on the sense we have of self, our self-worth. Now, there's one step that goes before that, which I'm going to talk about after we have our break. So let's just take a quick review. Your self-esteem is the way you view yourself and your actions and your behaviors. When your self-esteem is intact, you can enjoy the satisfaction of doing things well. You know that you have skills in certain areas. And when that self-esteem tacks into your self-worth, when your self-worth is not there, you're going to be saying negative things to yourself. You're going to have that battle with the person in the mirror every time you look. And we don't want to do that. So we're going to look at how to build that sense of self-worth so that everything you do becomes better, becomes stronger, becomes more confident. It's a really, really important feature, not only of weight loss, but also your health in general and the way you do everything else you do in your life. So I'm really excited to talk to you about all of that when we come back. In the meantime, uh, I'm Julie, your host on For the Health of It, and I look forward to talking more about this great topic after the break. Do you know that health and vitality are your body's natural state of being? Is that what your life feels like? Or do you feel like that's more of a pipe dream than an achievable goal? If you're a woman over 40 experiencing those not-so-fun changes to your body, or lacking energy and worrying about the side effects of aging, wishing you could fit back into your clothes, it is time for you to learn how to change it all. When you tune into For the Health of It with Master Health Coach Julie Medesi, You'll learn how to regain your sense of badassery so you can navigate midlife like a boss. Listen to For the Health of It with Julie Medesi, Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 9 Central Time, 8 Mountain Time, and 7 Pacific Time, and 4 p.m. in Italy on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is For the Health of It with Julie Medesi. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to julie at evexiahealth.com. That's J U L I at E-V-E-X-I-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com. And now, back to the program. Hello, hello. Welcome back to For the Health of It. I'm your host, Julie Medesi. We're here on the Inspired Choices Network, and we are talking about mirror, mirror on the wall, got self-worth. 
So in the first in the first part of the program, we were talking about how self-worth underlies everything we do. And our sense of self-worth is really critical to our health. The thoughts we think, the things we say to ourselves can actually produce health-harming neurochemicals if we don't keep uh, an eye on what that is that we're saying over and over and over. Did you know that you have, the numbers vary, but it's between 50 and 70,000 thoughts per day. And those thoughts are about 80% the same from day to day. So when you're having those negative thoughts, when you're having those negative conversations with yourself, when you're berating yourself and letting your inner bully take over, that's a whole lot of repetition. And that's one of the reasons why it's so difficult to change that um, internal monologue, to change that feeling about yourself. And it's one of the reasons that drives us to diet in, in the first place. But again, I, I was saying before the break, when you're on a diet, what you're learning is how to be on a diet. You're not learning how to feel in tune with your body. You're not learning about what foods make your body feel good. You're not learning about celebrating the joy of food. You're not learning about how amazing it feels to move your body. And you find that you punish yourself and food and exercise can actually become a punishment. Have you ever heard yourself say, oh, I was so good today, I can eat this. Or I was so bad today, I ate that. I have to go spend another extra hour at the gym. It's really common. We all do it because it's how we're taught. And when we continue that negative language with ourselves, it has a big impact on our body image, that person we see in the mirror. And women attach their... Um, their sense of self-worth to their body image. And so those two things are so greatly intertwined. And so we've talked about all the superficial things that go into creating this negative body image, creating this low sense of self-worth. And now I want to talk a little bit about the internal pieces of that, because this is where the magic can happen, right? So one of the things that I find is we are given labels. When we are growing up, we have all of these labels we carry. And if you were, again, if you were bullied as a child or labeled by your parents, oh, she's the creative one, he's the athletic one, or um, even terrible things that we sometimes say, you're bad, um, you are fat, you are dumb. Um, and a lot of those things come from the kids that we hang around with in our youth. And we carry those labels, not realizing they aren't ours. The labels that people give us is their perception and it's their interpretation of what should be. And I know, I know you have said at least 10 times today, I should blank, right? I should exercise. I should fix my hair, I should sleep more, I should get up earlier, I should, I should, and you should all over yourself all day. And other people giving you those labels is a result of their shoulding on you. And I worked with a trauma coach and we went through this, um, this workshop. And one of the exercises she had us do that was amazingly revealing was to write down all of the labels we carry. And I had a lot of labels myself, like um, small, dumb, fat, um, 
I can't even remember some of them because I've I've learned how to to get rid of them. But I realized that a lot of the labels I was carrying were the result of what other people had said to me. And I think I said in the last show, beliefs we 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 form these beliefs um, based on statements that we repeat to ourselves over and over. And beliefs are not facts, but they are our facts because it's what we know. And every time someone says something to us that we take internally and we think we believe that to be true, we our brain will go and find all of the instances when it is true. And that becomes our truth because we can prove it by all of these different instances that we examples that we have to share. And so the exercise we did was to write down all of the labels that we carry and then ask ourselves, is this mine? Where did it come from? Now, some of them we don't even remember where they came from, but it's an exercise you can go back to and meditate on a little bit. And when you look at those labels, you get to decide whose label is this or was this? Is it true? And if it is true, how do you know it's true? And start diving into those questions a little bit deeper, because when we can verbalize those things, journal on it, talk to someone else about it, um, it really helps to take some of the power away and take it out into the light and say, you know what, that isn't actually something that's true. I don't need to carry that label anymore. I'm going to toss it away. And then we can replace it with a different label. Um, something else that my um, my coach works with me on is we I start my day now with an I am statement. Be very careful about the words that follow I am because your brain is listening. And I also caution people not to believe everything you think. Your subconscious mind is programmed to create your reality based on what you tell it. So when you tell it, I'm no good at blank or I'm fat or I'm whatever, it's going to set out to make that your reality. And it's why we feel like we can't avoid the cookies or we can't get away from you know, X behavior, why we're addicted to. And because we've repeated that statement to our subconscious mind, to our brain, to ourselves over and over, it believes it and it's going to set out to make sure it's true because we don't like to be wrong. Our brain is trying to protect us. The other thing is, um, you know, the even the most confident person you know still has self-doubts. They still have fears. They still deal with these things on a regular basis. Don't believe all of what you see in the social media images, especially those coaches who are out there, just push it harder, just do more, right? Because it's it's great for short-term motivation, but it doesn't help resolve the, the fears that you have underlying the reasons you struggle with doing those things in the first place. So it's a, it's about balance and it's learning to reframe that language and learning to find a way to be kind and compassionate, to, to treat yourself like you would a small child who's struggling with a problem, right? Isn't that, doesn't that sound a little bit nicer than uh, somebody yelling at you all the time? I would think so. Um, so 
what I do with the I am exercise is, again, we have these labels and we have these roles and these are societal roles. These are these are roles and labels that are given to us by other people. And I I actually had to struggle with this exercise myself. So I understand it, it goes a bit deep. But I am is about your qualities and your characteristics and how you see yourself. So I am a coach. My fa- one of my favorite words is badass. I'm a badass. I am passionate. I am a motivated um, speaker uh, who helps people change their lives. You get to make those statements, but decide what you want to be and use that in that I am statement. And when you start feeding those things into your brain on a regular basis, it's going to have something new to believe. And even if you don't believe it every day, you can change it on a daily basis. You can write one that you live with for a while. You can write a different one every day. I actually have notes that I, I, you can't see this on the on the podcast, obviously, but I have little note cards. And every day I write my I am statement on one of these notepads based on who I want to be that day. You get to choose. And it's a really it's a really powerful exercise. And one of the things that I really want to address is is the idea of self-acceptance because the program is about self-worth. Self-worth is self-love and that's the ultimate goal, right? And self-esteem is the starting point. So when we can start to recognize our skills and abilities and give ourselves credit and have the confidence to know that we do good work, that we have good be, you know, we behave in a way that we're proud of, we behave in alignment with our values, that can help us have a balanced level of self-esteem. Self-love is a really trendy idea, you know, but what I find with self-love is it gets a little bit frustrating. Self-worth, self-love, I use those interchangeably. Because how do you ever know? You know people say, oh, you just don't love, if you loved yourself, you would treat yourself better. Well, while that may be true on the surface, How do you love yourself? How do you learn how to love yourself? Nobody tells you that part. They just tell you, well, you don't love yourself enough. And again, here's one more thing that's wrong with you, right? One more thing you have to fix. And instead of looking at it from, I have to do this, let's look at starting to build up to that point. I mean, you wouldn't start from zero and go run a marathon without doing any work in between. It's like setting the GPS in your car and um, sitting there waiting to arrive at your destination. You still have to drive there. So working on self-acceptance is something I like to start with because self-acceptance is that starting point in your GPS. Self-acceptance is about accepting yourself as you are in this moment without judgment. And that takes some practice. That takes some work. So we start with the self-esteem and the more superficial things, and then we move into the self-acceptance. Once we can get there, then we can build. But until we can accept who we are in this moment without judgment, it's pretty hard to move forward any with any meaning. Um, And so when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit more about self-acceptance, what it is, self-acceptance versus self-love at a little bit more detail. And I'm going to talk about why the body positivity movement is getting it wrong. And I... (laughs) 
this is a little bit controversial. I had this conversation with someone before, but I, I really firmly believe that is a well-meaning movement. It's a bit off the mark. So we're going to talk about all of those things when we come back. Um, and just to review, think about the labels you're carrying. Think about how you view yourself. Think about who has given you the labels, who has told you about these qualities and characteristics that you have? Where do they come from? Because you are an amazing person with qualities and capabilities that, that are amazing and people love and they're very special. And even if you don't believe that yet, it's possible that you will. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about all of those things. I'm Julie Medesi. I'm your host here on For the Health of It on the Inspired Choices Network, and I can't wait to dive in a little bit more. We'll see you after the break. Do you know that health and vitality are your body's natural state of being? Is that what your life feels like? Or do you feel like that's more of a pipe dream than an achievable goal? If you're a woman over 40 experiencing those not-so-fun changes to your body or lacking energy and worrying about the side effects of aging, wishing you could fit back into your clothes, it is time for you to learn how to change it all. When you tune into For the Health of It with Master Health Coach Julie Medesi, you'll learn how to regain your sense of badassery so you can navigate midlife like a boss. Listen to For the Health of It with Julie Medesi Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 9 Central Time, 8 Mountain Time, and 7 Pacific Time, and 4 p.m. in Italy on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is For the Health of It with Julie Medesi. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to julie at evexiahealth.com. That's J-U-L-I at E-V-E-X-I-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com. And now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are here on For the Health of It, and I am your host, Julie Medesi. Look, if this is a topic that is near and dear to your heart as well, if this is um, self-worth is something that you are struggling with yourself, I encourage you to get in touch with me via email at juli at avexiahealth.com or Check out the six-month program I've got coming up. It's at buildabodyyoulove.com. We dive deep into this work, and it's one of the things that makes such a huge transformation possible when my clients go through it. And even if you're not sure about it, let's just have a conversation and make sure it's a right fit for you. Because the truth is, we only take care of things we love. And as I said earlier in the program, your sense of self-worth underlies everything you do, every aspect of your health, the way you value yourself, 
and we only take care of things we love. So it's time to start working your way there, especially if you're not quite there yet. And I'd like to also give you one caveat. A lot of the things I talk about, I talk about specifically weight loss, because as I said, that's the reason that most of my clients come to work with me. But the truth is, these things, these principles I talk about are applicable to every aspect of your health, because it's much deeper than just food and exercise. Your health encompasses a lot of different areas in life. And we're going to talk about that next week. So let's dive back into the idea of self-acceptance. And, you know, when I when we were in the last segment of the show, we talked. I talked about the I am exercise. Your brain is programmed to protect you and keep you safe. And when we give it negative things to think about, when we plant those negative thoughts, it's still trying to protect us. And one of the reasons we find ourselves with um, excess cravings or eating patterns that may not be healthy or supportive, even though we really, really want to get healthier, lose weight or get fit, it's because your brain is trying to protect you. And somewhere in your past, someone taught you that food makes you feel better in some way, whether it was when you were a child and you fell down and skinned your knee and your mom gave you a cookie. After a couple of times, you learned that cookies make you feel better. And those patterns are planted in the subconscious mind. But we can change those thinking patterns. We can create new habits. We can learn how to blossom into the person we were meant to be because it's already in there. Coaching is amazing because it doesn't give you necessarily new things, gives you new tools to use, but it doesn't create a new you it uncovers the you that has always been in there. And that's the work I love to do with the women I work with. So when we come to self-acceptance, the this getting to a point of self-acceptance, as I said, is accepting yourself exactly as you are in the moment and not judging anything. It doesn't mean you don't want to make changes or you don't want to improve something. It just means that you can say, that's okay. This is what is today. And I have the power to change it tomorrow if I decide to. Or I have the power to change it right now. Because you can, even if you've just polished off a whole box of cookies, I don't know why I keep saying cookies. I don't even like cookies. But if you've just polished off a whole box of cookies, you can take the next healthy step. You can go for a five-minute walk. You can drink a glass of water. You can do something to, to put in some, some happier, healthier thoughts into your body. The other thing I will say is that when our, when we cannot accept ourselves as we are, when we're judging ourselves, bullying ourselves, and we're chipping away at our self-worth, um, we actually can cause depressive um, depression and anxiety because those things affect us on a very deep level. And that's why self-worth is so important. So the diet industry, I know, here I go again, but the diet industry doesn't want you to accept yourself. They want you to buy their products. They want you to buy their programs. They want you to keep coming back. It's, it's, like a, it's almost like an addiction. We have to look for the quick fix because this all of these promises, the, the products and the programs and all these promises are for instant results. And we see other people allegedly having these results and it, totally off topic. But I actually know some coaches whose 
actual client before and after photos were stolen and used in some diet advertisements. Okay. So I am seriously telling you, you need to stop looking at that stuff because it's just going to make you crazy. So self-acceptance is not something that the diet industry wants you to have because it means they're going to lose your business. It's a long-term investment in you. So self-acceptance, um, enough i on and on about this but it it really is the starting point for your gps and i i'm looking i made some notes because i looked up self-love in the thesaurus and i just wanted to see what it said and it came back with egocentricity narcissism vanity pridefulness and i thought really apparently that's what self-love is perceived as being equivalent to. When I looked up self-acceptance, it came back and said, did you mean self-importance? So these ideas, I think, sometimes have a bad rap because they're so badly misinterpreted by the mainstream. I don't know who writes the thesaurus, but um, it's it's really shocking. And and so when I look up just acceptance on its own, it comes back with um, it comes back with the belief in the goodness of something, valuing, receiving, affirmation. I don't know about you, but I certainly would like to feel that way about myself on a regular basis. So I think because self-love is a big leap for so many people. I like focusing on the idea of self-acceptance first, because once we get there, we've start, we've plugged in that starting point of our GPS, then we can make the journey across to self-love and enjoy the, enjoy the journey and enjoy the process because we're more willing to take the trip towards self-love when we can stop judging ourselves. I'm telling you that inner bully, I gave, <laughs> I gave mine a name. Call her Stacy, and Stacy is not a nice person. And I call her Stacy because, dumb side story. My dad, uh, when when I was born, my dad wanted to call me Stacy because he thought Stacy Medacy would be cute. And uh, I always thought if I had that name, I would have been bullied mercilessly in in school. So I was already bullied as it was, um, and so. <laughs> I'm really glad I didn't get the name Stacy, but that's the name of my inner bully. And when you can give her a name um, or him, if it's if it's a masculine personality that's in your head, it takes some of the power away because then you can have a conversation with them and uh, and start chipping away at some of the, some of the power that they have. So I was going to talk about the body positivity movement. I honestly, I think. It, it's a well-meaning movement. Um, we should accept people as they are. We should accept people for being human beings, incredible human beings. Everyone has a gift to offer. Everyone has special talents. Everyone has a uniqueness about them that brings richness into the world. And so the body positivity movement in the sense of not shaming people for the way they look, I think is a fabulous idea. But as with so many things, we've taken it to extremes. And now we're promoting body positivity in, in, in women and men whose bodies are 
really unhealthy. I want them to be happy in their skin. I want them to love themselves. But I have seen people encouraging on on social media really unhealthy behaviors so that they can maintain an overly large body because they're proud of their size. Awesome if you're proud of your size, but you also have a responsibility to take care of your body. This body that you have is the car that you have to drive, your soul has to drive around in while you're on this earth. Whatever your religious or spiritual affiliation, or if you don't have any religious or spiritual affiliation, it doesn't matter. We know that the mind and body are separate things. And so we get to drive around in this body while we're here on earth. It's our responsibility to take care of it. It's our responsibility to maintain it. And when we don't, it isn't only uh, our lives and us who are affected. It's all the people around us. It's a tremendous cost on the economy. It's a tremendous cost on our loved ones. It's a tremendous cost on our quality of life and our ability to share the amazing gifts we have. And I know, you know, when you don't feel well, it's pretty hard to be out there and going and giving the best of yourself. And so I feel like the body positivity movement, while well-meaning, has taken things a bit too far because it's still focused on the external part. It isn't focusing on the internal gifts that we have and our responsibility to maintain good health. And so I really encourage people to think about what do you want from your body and what do you want to see when you look in the mirror? Do you want to see a healthy, vibrant, amazing person who who shares their gifts and and is the best best version of themselves or do you want to see someone who's worried about the size of their clothing or who's worried about the number on the scale for me i really prefer the former and so when we get to this certain age sometimes our bodies don't end up looking the way we want them to or the way we think they should look or maybe the way they used to look I had this conversation with another client and she's in her in her late 40s now. She's had children who are grown. She has a very, um, very busy job and she she lives with um, multiple family members in her household. And she said, I just want to get back to the way things were in my 30s. And I thought, well, that would be great. What's different about your life now? Well, I have a kid and he's going to university and, you know, I, my in-laws are living with me and I have this busy job and said, so how can this life squeeze into that one? Right. So it's about taking a more realistic view of what's actually possible, but also appreciating this is where I am now and what is healthy to me, what is attractive to me, what is the best of me is probably going to little look a little bit different now because I have different experiences. I have different wisdom. My body is in a different phase of life. My whole life is in a different phase of life. And so it's it helps when you can get to that point of self-acceptance. It helps to be able to look and say, okay, this is what is and what is is okay. And then you can decide based on what is, what's possible. And sure, lots of things are possible. You could go back to that body you had in your 30s if you can quit your job and you can work out 
you know, with a personal trainer five days a week and you can have a, a diet of steamed broccoli and, and boiled chicken. And is that really worth the cost? There is a cost. So self-acceptance helps us make that transition from the wishing and hoping into creating a new reality for ourselves and creating something that's worthwhile. So we're going to go on to another break. When we come back, I can't wait to talk to you about some tools for actually working through getting into self-acceptance and making that pathway toward self-worth. And um, we'll talk more about that when we come back. Do you know that health and vitality are your body's natural state of being? Is that what your life feels like? Or do you feel like that's more of a pipe dream than an achievable goal? If you're a woman over 40 experiencing those not-so-fun changes to your body, or lacking energy and worrying about the side effects of aging, wishing you could fit back into your clothes, it is time for you to learn how to change it all. When you tune into For the Health of It with Master Health Coach Julie Medesi, you'll learn how to regain your sense of badassery so you can navigate midlife like a boss. Listen to For the Health of It with Julie Medesi, Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 9 Central Time, 8 Mountain Time, and 7 Pacific Time, and 4 p.m. in Italy on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is For the Health of It with Julie Medesi. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Julie at EvexiaHealth.com. That's J-U-L-I at E-V-E-X-I-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com. And now, back to the program. Okay, welcome back, everybody. I'm Julie Medesi, your host on For the Health of It here on the Inspired Choices Network, and we are talking about Mirror, Mirror on the Wall, Got Self-Worth. As I said earlier in the program, self-worth is really the goal. It underlies everything that we do. And we're taking a journey into where self-worth might lie for us. And we're stopping and setting that GPS point at self-acceptance because self-acceptance is going to be fundamental to building that sense of self-worth that we're after. You can call it self-love or self-worth. They're basically interchangeable, but not to be confused with self-esteem, which is something that's slightly more external. It's how we view our behaviors and our actions and our skills um, relative to the rest of the world. Um, Self-acceptance, as I said, is accepting what is in this moment and then deciding what to do. If you like it the way it is, awesome. Accept it, move on. If you don't like the way it is, it puts you in the perfect position to start making the changes that you want to make. But until you get to self-acceptance, those changes aren't going to happen because you're always going to be judging, comparing, bullying, looking for that external solution instead of moving yourself forward. And um, one of my other favorite client stories I I shared a little bit last week is... um, a lady I worked with who's a full-time caregiver for a disabled son and her inner bully. I have to say when, when she did some journaling, it was one of the first things we did when we started working together. And I just said five minutes a day, listen to that monologue and write down what you hear. And it was shocking the things that she would say to herself. She wouldn't even look at herself in the mirror at that point. And so 
being able to come to terms with what's actually going on is is really important. And the other thing I will say that to me is fundamental about self-acceptance is that self-acceptance determines how we show up in the world and how we show up in the world has a profound effect on those around us. Because if you don't think people are sensing into the energy you're giving off, you are very mistaken. That is a really, really big deal. And it it changes the way people perceive you. It changes the way you behave in, in the world and around other people. And it changes the, the possibilities of growing and interacting and, and receiving because you're creating this shell around yourself if you're not willing to accept things as they are and accept others as they are. Once we can accept ourselves as we are, it also helps us accept others for all of their glorious imperfections. And the other thing I love about self-acceptance is that it's very freeing. You can feel the joy of being perfectly imperfect and celebrate that and laugh sometimes at some of those quirks and and imperfections that we all have because we all have them. And I don't care who you're looking at on influencers, on social medias, self-help gurus, you know, everybody else. We all deal with the same insecurities. It's it's a matter of having the tools to deal with things in a different way that's going to help you on that journey. So one of my favorite tools for getting towards self-acceptance is called mirror work. You may have heard of this. It's it's attributed to a number of different people. Um, I learned it from a motivational speaker called Jack Canfield. And what you do is you look at yourself in the mirror, either in your underwear or naked if you can, a full-length mirror, and you look yourself in the eye and you start saying positive things to yourself about yourself. And you do that for a couple of minutes. And then at the end of it, you look in yourself in the eye and you say your name and then you say, I love you. And then you take a deep breath and you're done. When you do that mirror work for 30 days in a row, and if you miss a day, you have to start over. But when you do that mirror work for 30 days in a row, I promise you, it will change your life. When I first did that, I had been to a a seminar that Jack Canfield put on and I thought I was feeling desperate. I didn't know what else to do. We didn't have coaches and trainers and, and the availability of the internet like we have now. This was back in the, in the early eighties. And I decided to try it. And I promised myself I was going to do this no matter what. And when I, when I looked in the mirror and I said these things to myself, first of all, I stood there for probably 10 minutes. I couldn't think of a single thing to say. And then I started with superficial things like the color of my eyes or the fact that I'd gone to work that day. And at the end of that first session, I dropped on the floor and bawled like a baby. And it was amazing the transformation over the course of 30 days. For the first few days, I cried. It was hard. And then something happened and I started looking forward to doing the mirror work. And by the end of 30 days, it was something something glorious had changed. I started taking better care of myself because I felt worthy of it. I didn't do it intentionally because I'm going to do the mirror work and then I'm going to do that. It just happened. And I'm telling you this because I know this is a difficult exercise for a lot of people. If you don't feel ready for the mirror work, then I would recommend journaling first and writing down three positive things about yourself every day. 
If you can do that every day for 30 days, it will change your relationship with who you are. So I've covered a lot of ground here. We've talked about self-acceptance. We've talked about self-worth. Starting with self-acceptance is going to get you where you want to go. And if you can make that your, your ultimate goal for now, it's an amazing place to start because it will take you very, very far. And next week when we come back, I'm going to be talking about what the heck is health coaching? And that's another question I get because why would I talk about this topic if women are coming to me for weight loss? Health is about a lot more than food and exercise. Health is about a lot more than what you weigh or the size of your clothes. And we're going to talk about all those different dimensions of health and well-being and what health coaching can do for you. So again, if you are interested in doing some work together, I would love to welcome you into my six-month program called Build. We can build a body and a life you love living in. And that is buildabodyyoulove.com. Um, you can get in touch with me on email, and that's J-U-L-I at E-V-E-X-I-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com, com. And I would love to have a conversation with you because you are so worth the time and energy and effort and so valuable. And the world needs your gifts. And so the world needs to be able to get the best of you. And one of the ways you can do that is by working with a professional coach who will help you arrive at that point for yourself. It's not about being a diet on a diet. It's not about going through yet another program. It's not about finding that magic pill because they just don't exist. So stop looking outside and start looking inside. And sometimes that work is hard to do because we have a lot of blind spots and working with a professional will help you uncover those or at least take them out and show them to you so you can find them again. I love doing these shows because I love to talk about these things. I'm very passionate about it. And I, um, I have a lot of stories to share. The last one I'll share is when I worked with another client in this program, she actually said to me, I've learned how to set boundaries for myself now. I've learned that I'm worth spending the time on and I'm a much better person to be around for the rest of my family. She said, I used to do everything around the house. I never asked for help. I never asked for support because I figured that made me not a good mother. That made me not a good wife. And then I realized we all share the house. We all share everything that we do together. And it's important for other people to pitch in too. And when she started getting to that point of feeling good about herself and who she was, she said, this is the way I want to live. This has changed my life. This is what I want for other people as well. And that is what I want for you. Give the world the best of you, not what's left of you. I'm Julie Medesi. I am here to help you with your with your building a body you love living in and the lifestyle to maintain it. I can't wait to see you next week. Have a great week. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening to For the Health of It with Julie Medesi, Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 9 Central Time, 8 Mountain Time, and 7 Pacific Time at 4 p.m. in Italy on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, remember, you can build a body you love living in, one small step at a time.